0: My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Friday, August 5th, and yes, the rant is back. I'm not going to get into what caused the hiatus, because you know what? You don't care anyway. The most important thing is this freaking podcast is finally back, and it is fantasy football draft season, and we have a lot of catching up to do, so we're going to do a little crash course on every team. To get y'all set up for your fantasy football drafts this month, Uh, obviously that's 32 teams, so we're not going to spend an entire episode on any one team. We're going to roll through all of this. Also, I have to note that while I am keeping the rant alive, I will also have a second podcast this year, uh, the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast podcast. So make sure you subscribe to that as well. We'll sort of be splitting our time between these two podcast feeds, but you know, you know what you're going to get from me. You're going to get fart jokes, fantasy football information, that sort of thing. All right, uh, the other thing too. If you want all of my content, the the premium version of my content, then head over to ftnfantasy.com. You will get award-winning rankings, uh, projections, and so much more. The draft guides, the rookie fantasy scouting guide, The game plan draft guide, all behind the paywall. If you want the platinum experience where you'll get additional things, we have a platinum subscription. So you'll get league sync, uh, you will get access to to the Discord chat where you can talk directly to me and other folks on staff, and all the advanced stats. We have that for you. Uh, We also, and I recommend the platinum, but if you want DFS included and betting, included as well. We have an all-access, an NFL all-access package uh, that would get you access to ftndaily.com, FTNbets.com as well. All of that, any of these subscriptions at ftnfantasy.com, promo code RATPACK will get you 20% off. All right, so let's dive into it. We are going to go, uh, I'll go alphabetical by, by city or, well, in some cases it's not a city like Carolina, but whatever. You know what I mean. Uh, the city of the team. So we'll start with uh, one that isn't a city, Arizona. Uh, And of course, the Arizona Cardinals heading into this year after last year's colossal uh, disappointment down the stretch. They They basically folded up, folded down the stretch. But what we did see and what we have seen in each of the last two years is stretches of elite fantasy production out of Kyler Murray. We know he has that capability. In fact, I think it's fair to argue that he has one of the highest, if not the highest ceiling of any quarterback. And yes, I know what I just said. Compared to Josh Allen. I mean, you know, Josh Allen is a fantastic running quarterback, and we'll talk about him when we get to the Bills. But Kyler is more dynamic there. Now, if Kyler can put it all together from a passing standpoint, that's where he really delivers the goods. Right now, I am projecting him out, uh, ranking him at quarterback six, uh, right in that range. The, the obvious concern with Kyler Murray, in addition to not knowing the playbook or, <laughs> or not knowing what his opponents are going to do, not scouting his opponents, uh, if you don't know about the contract stuff, look it up, uh, is injury concern. Each of the last two years, that elite production was basically ground to a halt after he gets hurt. So hopefully we can we can right the ship a little bit there. Uh, but from a weapons standpoint, yes, Christian Kirk is out of the mix, but they brought in his boy, his old college buddy, Marquise Brown, who, all right, I I I mean, he got caught speeding. Okay, it, it's not anywhere near as bad as Twitter made it seem to be. And honestly, yeah, will he get a ticket? Sure. Uh, will he be, you know, maybe uh, scolded by Cliff Kingsbury and told him to not do that again? Sure. Is he going to be suspended by the NFL? <laughs> no. <laughs> highly, highly, highly unlikely, uh, just given the circumstances there. So he for figures, Marquise Brown figures to be the number one wide receiver for the first six games of the season because DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. Uh, for those first six games, so this is a really prime spot for Marquise Brown. This is a great offense for Marquise Brown to be in because it it, it is that up tempo. It is going to showcase his ability. And honestly, if you look at Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk was wide receiver twenty six last year in fantasy, and a lot of that was you know the product of him being sort of that vertical threat in the offense. Even though he was running out of the slot, he was really the downfield target. Well, Marquise Brown is better at that than Christian Kirk. So very favorable spot, especially given uh the early season role. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, north of thirty, gonna miss six games. I've moved him so far down in my rankings, like I have him at wide receiver forty seven right now that honestly I don't think I think he gets drafted before I'm willing to take him. Now, I'm not willing to have a guy on my bench for that long or even sucking up my IR spot, which I don't think you should be able to put a suspended guy on IR, but that's beside the point. I don't want to waste that spot on DeAndre Hopkins. Just simply put, I don't want to waste any spot on him, so he's usually going before I'm willing to draft him. We should see more of Rondale Moore early in the season because he likely will play in the slot with Marquise Brown outside in Hopkins' role while Hopkins is suspended, so, I mean, hey, there's a lot of appeal to Rondell Moore. We saw last year he can flash a high fantasy ceiling. So, there's intrigue there, at least early in the season. But just be aware, when Hopkins comes back, A.J. Brown, is his role is not going to change regardless. He's still going to be the number three receiver, regardless. I mean, maybe he's co- like close to the number two receiver for the first six weeks of the season. But there's no appeal there for fantasy purposes. So Rondale Moore earlier in the year may look a lot better than what he ultimately pans out to be, uh, but Dynasty folks love me some Rondale Moore. Uh, Zach Ertz obviously still in the building, and I mean high volume. He doesn't have a high upside, but in a league where you know we're we're kind of happy if we get essentially three catches a game out of tight ends, that's fifty basically on the season he's well north of that. He's a four-plus catch-a-game tight end. I know that doesn't sound great, but trust me, it is not bad at all. That volume bodes well. He connected well with Kyler Murray last season coming in, so that is favorable. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things to like about him, and I don't mind where you get him. The problem is if you're looking for a higher ceiling tight end, like Ertz, is his ceiling... Top three production. I don't think it is at the position. I don't think it is, but his floor is like top 15, you know. So, if that's what you're looking for, I just usually look for more bang for my buck. They did draft Trey McBride. He is not going to get, and he was the best tight end in this year's class, but he's not going to get much run in year one. All right, let's talk about the backfield. James Connor, a surprise last year, a lot of touchdown productivity. Really took advantage of the fact that uh, Chase Edmonds was banged up partially through the season, and now has no competition for touches in that backfield. As of right now, it does look like Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin are sort of duking it out for the number two spot, but I don't see either one of them touching the ball significantly. Like we've seen this over the last couple of years in Arizona, uh, we saw Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, then um, then Chase Edmonds, James Conner, there is no, it's not James Conner and it, it's there's nobody else there. Now, that being said, I don't have James Conner as a top 10 option. He's more of a either a back end RB1 or a front end RB2, uh, depending on which day of the week it is for me. Right now, front end RB2. Usually, that's a point where I'm not drafting running backs, but hey, there's a lot of potential with James Conner, so there's no doubt about it. All right, let's move over to the Atlanta Falcons, and as of right now, Marcus Mariota is in the driver's seat to be the starting quarterback. That being said, the team did select Desmond Ritter in April's draft. The second quarterback off the board, surprisingly selected before Malik Willis, and Ritter balled out at Cincinnati, man. Ritter, Ritter for me, reminds me a lot of Ryan Tannehill, which is interesting because Arthur Smith, Used to coach Ryan Tannehill, I think this is a scenario where Mariota starts the season out as the starter. But let's say, um, let's say we get to the point where we're six games in and the team's like two and four. Maybe they don't make the switch then. But let's let's get eight games in and we're three and five or two and six. Probably more like two and six. If the team looks like it's headed towards a top five pick in a, in the draft, they are going to make the move to Ritter. And their move is twofold. Maybe he gives you a spark. Um, and if he does, well, then you kind of answer your second question of, is this does this guy have a future as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Because if he doesn't, well, you want to know that now. You don't want to know that next year because you could draft this is a much better quarterback class uh, in next year's draft. You don't want to know that after that. You want to know it before it, especially if you're heading towards a top five pick. So, we could see Ritter on the field relatively you know maybe about halfway through the season, give or take some somewhere around there. Um, I think, as of now, you know, I don't have it projected that way. I have Mariota about three quarters of the season, uh, but we're gonna see Ritter. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. We're gonna see Ritter at some point this year, almost certainly. uh, there's no real appeal in Mariota. Ritter may have some two quarterback appeal. Uh, super flex appeal later in the year. Uh, He does have the ability to move as a runner, and I think he's an underrated passer, to be honest with you, but third round pick for a reason. Uh, Let's talk about the backfield. Okay, so Mike Davis is gone. He's in Baltimore. Cordero Patterson is there, but he's not really a running back. He's an all-time great kick returner, And they showed, finally, Arthur Smith cracked the code. How do you use this guy as a positionless weapon on the offensive side of the ball? He will move around the formation. He will carry the ball, but I don't think it's going to be much more than five or six carries a game. In fact, I'm projecting him at 101, so roughly, what, six carries a game, give or take. He's going to catch the ball a bunch, too. But he's not a true running back. So Mike Davis is gone. And, I mean, what do we have still on this depth chart? Quadri from last year, uh, Damian Williams, who everybody loves but nobody knows why, or rookie Tyler Algier out of BYU. Tyler Algier, man, is a bigger back. He can play in a three-down role, but he's certainly the type who, if you wanted to uh, give him you know, 16 to 20 carries a game, he has the size to hold up. To that, at the NFL level, he's not super dynamic or anything like that. He's not going to rip off long home run touchdowns on the reg. He's not going to, you know, make you miss like crazy, but he's just a good football player who has an opportunity to potentially be the lead back in this backfield and nobody is paying attention to him. You can get him basically for free in the, you know, like round 10, round nine. You can get for free in drafts right now, and I am targeting him. Even on a bad team, there's opportunity there. Uh, You know, every year we see these rookie running backs who emerge. He could be this year's rookie running back who emerges as a fantasy option, who nobody's talking about, right? Elijah Mitchell last year, James Robinson the year before. Well, here we go. Tyler Algier, know the name. Wide receiver, they drafted Drake London, who um, is interesting. He's got a little Mike Evans to his game, except he's more of an inside type receiver. He's more like a big slot than he is an outside the numbers guy. But, he, I mean, there's so much opportunity because the rest of the depth chart, you have Olamadi Zacchaeus, you have Auden Tate, you got Brian Edwards. Like, There's nobody there, and I'll talk about Kyle Pitts in a minute. But Drake London is set up for volume in year one in this offense. Now, I'm not going to go any higher than wide receiver three territory, but I don't hate that because it's not like the team is going to attempt zero passes. And if the targets aren't going to Kyle Pitts and they're not going to Cordero Patterson, which, I mean, I have Cordero Patterson at 60 targets right now. I have Kyle Pitts a a, a little higher than that, (laughs) well over 100 targets. But if they don't go there, they're going to Drake London. So I really uh, I dig the idea of Drake London if you're shooting for upside. Now, rookie wideouts can be a little hit or miss. Uh, you're not going to get Justin Jefferson rookie year, Jamar Chase rookie year out of all these guys, but uh, he is one of the better rookie options at wide receiver. There's nothing else to like at wide receiver for this team, but fortunately they do have Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is coming off of one of the greatest rookie tight end seasons we've ever seen. 1,000 plus yards. Now, of course, he didn't score a lot of touchdowns, but I've been on record saying that I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming the guy who used to be throwing him the football. Now, not that Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter is an upgrade over Matt Ryan. They're decidedly both downgrades, but I don't want to hold the touchdown thing against Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is an absolute mismatch at tight end. He is a transformative player at the position. He is not, as a lot of people will say, a tight end in name only. No, no, he's not Mike Gesicki. He's not a big slot. They will use him in line. But when you have a guy like him who is such a mismatch, of course you're going to use him in the slot and potentially even outside the numbers quite frequently, which is what they did. Now, in order to draft Kyle Pitts, you have to take him basically in a 12-team league in the 3rd round. I typically don't go that route where I take a robust tight end, one of the top 3 tight ends in the first 3 rounds, but I'm not going to talk anybody out of it. If you really love Kyle Pitts, I mean, I wouldn't overpay for him. I'm not drafting him in the 2nd round, but if you really love him, take him. If you want to feel comfortable there with a guy who not only, you know, could catch 70 or maybe even more balls this season, but also potentially lead the position. It wouldn't surprise anybody if he led the position in receiving yards. Then go for it. There's nothing wrong with Kyle Pitts whatsoever in that range. It's just usually not how I build my rosters. I'm usually looking at wideouts in that range, but nothing wrong with Kyle Pitts there. He is set up for heavy, heavy volume yet again this year. Uh, So there you go. Uh, the Falcons. Not a ton of appeal, but even on a bad NFL team or a team that doesn't look that great on paper, there's still plenty of fantasy football options. Uh, speaking of all the fantasy football goodness, I did put out an article that breaks down all the draft strategies and then how to use them specifically. I go round by round and tell you exactly how to use these strategies, like what dictates. When you go zero RB or when you go punt RB2 or when you go middle round value quarterback or any of those things. All of that, the draft strategy guide, that's what I'm calling the article at FTNfantasy.com, plus so much more. Now that is behind the paywall. So, you know, hey, unfortunately, my student loans aren't going to pay themselves. Okay. (laughs) So we got to put some of the goods behind the paywall. But this, will change how you draft, and it'll make you a better drafter. That plus a whole lot more at ftnfantasy.com. Promo code RATPACK, R-A-T-P-A-C-K for 20% off. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, and coming up next on the podcast, we will break down the Ravens and the Bills. A lot of fantasy potential there. All right, I'll catch you on the next episode. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.